You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with a person who has a great eye for vintage goodies. She sells an array of vintage treasures from the 50s to the 70s, all while working a full-time job. Welcome to the show, Chantel of Telly Thrifts. Thank you so much for coming on to sit down Hello. with us. We are so excited. We've been looking forward to this all day. We had a busy day. Earlier today, we had the uh, Mothball Cocktail Hour on our Patreon this morning. And so we've been oh. looking. And it's been a while since we've done an evening interview. I know. I was just thinking that today. And I was like, oh, I kind of like the evening ones. I like, do too. More relaxed, more yeah. chill. Mm-hmm. It worked nicely for me too. So yes. yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We were, uh, uh, the vintage community we've realized on Instagram is really tight knit and I love that. Mm-hmm. So I love this kind of web of connections we're making of people <laughs> like, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, six degrees of vintage. We'll call it that away from people. <laughs> it is an awesome community. I love it so much. Yes. And I want to talk about, of course, all your vintage goodies, but I want to talk about your early life of collecting. And are you from Colorado originally? I'm not. I'm from Minnesota. I moved here about four years ago. Um, yeah, Southwest Minnesota specifically. Oh, very nice. Well, it was an interesting, I was reading through your questionnaires, I always do. And it was an interesting way of getting to Minnesota. Your mother was adopted from Columbia, correct? Yes. Yep. From Bogota, the capital. Wow. And then to Minnesota. Yeah, right. Um, I can't imagine the big difference, you know, that would be culturally and, you know, just everything. Because she was, how old was she when she was adopted? Um, She was about five and her sister seven. But it's... It's all really crazy. Um, When they got here, they were given um, birthdays. um, And yeah, their parents, their adopted parents did give them names and they kept some of their names. But yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of questions and uncertainty. It's it's really interesting. It's very interesting. And it's not, you know, it's it's one of those things where there's a couple of people I work with where like when you find out somebody you know has like that history, the adoption history and all of that mystery that goes with it. I have to imagine that that also goes alongside with your collecting when the stories that go behind stuff. Like, do you have more of a love for history of things because of that mystery aspect? I would say definitely 100 percent. Um, it's so fun uh, to learn all this history behind stuff. And it's one of my favorite things about estate sales is, you know, you kind of get to. Um, really get to know the people that had all these cool things, you know, see how they had their place set up and what they were involved in. And yeah, that's one of my favorite parts for sure. Yeah. And that was, we have a similar background, all three of us of, I think, you know, you go yard sailing with your, the matriarchs in your family, your moms, your grandmas, your aunts. What was that like for you guys? What was your routine when you guys would get up to go garage sailing? Yeah, um, I went with my grandma and my aunts a lot. And we would get up um, like early in the morning on the weekends, you know, obviously when I didn't have to go to school. Um, Yeah, just go around our small towns. Um, My hometown is not that big. It's like, 
I think it's grown from about 10,000 to 12,000 now, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of little towns around us and those were where the garage sales are really good, the, the smaller <laughs> towns all around. <laughs> yeah, that's very True. similar to where yeah. we live here is it's like you have your little hamlets and then we would say like going yeah. to town would be driving to Idaho Falls, which is where I live now. But you can find some sleeper sales in small places because they don't get as much foot traffic. Mm-hmm. Right. As and I feel like people just don't know what they have or don't know that, you know, their specific thing is like kind of trendy right now mm-hmm. or, you know, they just are like kind of checked out <laughs> as far yeah. as that goes. So. <laughs> what were your what was your family looking for when they were out collecting or buying stuff? Were they looking for like necessities or collections or um, I would say more like collections, like my grandmas and my aunts would always be looking at, um, I can't, I would, can't even remember anything specifically. I would just say like, I just remember them looking at breakable stuff and I would go to like the toys <laughs> and the clothes mm-hmm. and yeah, any, like anything glass or ceramic, but they'd be all over that. Yeah. Lots of hutches and displays and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have, I noticed that this weekend when I was, I was like, oh, I've turned into my grandma. <laughs> Yeah, because I've got I got nothing but like glass and pottery. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bought well, this at the same sale. We both went to the same sale, and there was stuff that I like left for Jill. I was like, "This is Jill's. This isn't mine." <laughs> but there was a entire box of chenille pipe cleaners from 1964, oh. and I was like, "Yeah, I need that. <laughs> I can't walk away with that." And it's so much. Did I show? No, I haven't shown you. No. <laughs> It was, it's like a, probably a 14 inch tall box by 16 inches and it's filled with the Chanel pipe cleaners. Well, when I was there, the, one of the daughters was like shopping and the, the, the one running it, she's like, get away from the table. This, this lady right here wants to buy it. You don't need that. And I was just like, if you want to keep it, like, it's fine. I don't, if it's family (laughs) one running it, she's like, no, she needs to leave. She needs to go sit down. Oh, was it like a neighbor or something? It was like a daughter. (laughs) I was just like, I am confused. Can I buy this item or not? That happened. (laughs) I was looking at the box of chenille and it didn't have like, I couldn't see a price on it. It was written on like the lip of the box. And I was like, how much are you asking for this? And it was a husband and a wife. Yes. Okay. So they were continuing that charade all day. And I said, how much is this? And he goes, it's 15. And the wife goes, I'd sell it for 10. And he goes, it's not yours to sell. And she goes, well, I'd sell it for 10. And he goes, well, it's 15. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just like, I don't. And I went, well, yes. I have 10 to offer. So that's how it was when I. It's <laughs> could... just awkward for you to be standing there while that's going on. They did the exact <laughs> same awkward. thing to me. And I was just like, I just take my money. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Just... <laughs> yeah. Get me out of here. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. That's how it was when I was growing up with my mom and my grandma. And I, we also went with my mom's best friend a lot and it was like they were always getting like tchotchkes and different stuff like that and they would as soon as we got out of the car they were like put your hands in your pocket (laughs) (laughs) don't touch anything and i'm like okay don't touch anything (laughs) like all right okay did you at least get a happy meal at the end for doing that i think we very rarely went to mcdonald's my mom didn't want (laughs) to do the whole thing that was our reward if we were good get a happy De- meal definitely us too we got happy meals yeah what was your happy we meal as a kid orange <laughs> right orange high C. yes yeah um i think i always got a cheeseburger and um a sprite what about you chantelle what did you get cheeseburger i'm definitely i'm more of a cheeseburger person than the mcnuggets so i agree with you joe yeah <laughs> i was a chicken nugget girl because i hated condiments for a long time 
So I wouldn't do cheeseburgers. I know, Jill. Has that changed now? Yes. Do you like yeah. condiments? Now? I think okay. I maybe just had. Like <laughs> I feel a... like that's an Idaho thing. Yeah, I think so. Because my husband is the same way. When I first met him, like he put nothing on anything, and I'm like, "What's wrong with you?" Like Tabasco. Yeah, I, I, asked, I know. I need all sorts of dipping. Like that's I, my yeah. I think I just had like maybe a traumatic condiment experience as a child because I remember just literally eating a patty and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> That's where all my trauma comes from, I Jill. Gonna say, wow. So I was the chicken nugget that kid with it. sweet and sour sauce. Yes, that explains all of my issues. I know. Mm-hmm. From the beginning. I feel like we had a breakthrough. <laughs> well, time to cancel the show. I made it. I made it. Well, and it was, you know, I remember, and I think it shapes a lot of collectors as they're growing up, of, is seeing the people in your life buying stuff and thinking this is all that people collect. Right. Yeah. It is um, wild now that I think about it. You know, my grandparents had so much stuff and I just, I never looked at it or, you know, took the time to appreciate their collections. Mm -hmm. But when I had the chance to go through their stuff after they had passed away, it was like, wow, they have a lot of stuff. And I don't know, those, I think I mentioned in my um, questionnaire too, those are things that, you know, I'll keep forever what I took from my grandparents' Mm -hmm. house. And yeah. That's really fun. Well, because you started with collections like we all did. You had Pez and Beanie Babies and all that stuff. Yes. So I wanted to know how disappointed you were when Beanie Babies didn't didn't pan out financially. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, it's all right with me. I am actually, I'm going home next week and I'm so excited because the collection is all in my mom's house and I'm like finally picking it up to bring it to my place and I can't wait to go through all of them and <laughs> I'm so excited that's awesome <laughs> I'm excited for that yeah maybe I'll post something about you it you totally should. should do like a walkthrough to be like look at my childhood collection look at what I used to be yeah. like <laughs> it's terrifying when I don't know if it's changed too much <laughs> I know so you you talked about when your grandparents passed away you got to go through their house was yeah this, so will you tell us about that what was that like Um, Definitely. It was um, not anytime recently, over five years ago now, but, um, you know, their house was just up for grabs and full of stuff. And everyone was like, all right, go through, take what you want. Um, And I grabbed a lot of kitchen stuff, a lot of mugs. And um, yeah, they used to own a restaurant. So they had a lot of cool kitchen things. So I took a lot of that. And um, I mentioned that stool that my grandpa had made. It's like a wooden turtle stool. Um, It's it's really silly, but I I love that too. (laughs) I love that. So what were their primary collections in their home? Did they have like a theme that ran throughout or were they kind of magpies? I would say, yeah, just kind of all over the place. Um, I would they had a lot displayed in their restaurant, um, lots of mugs and like cruels all over the wall and like old signs. Um, it was wood pan- paneling in the restaurant too. So, you know, that's just like a whole vibe in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, yeah. Very yeah, familiar yeah. with the whole vibe. It's my whole basement. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what kind of restaurant did they own? Um, it was just like a small cafe of like roast beef and mashed potatoes was like their main dish. And yeah, yeah. just breakfast and coffee very simple yeah mom and pop type diner good diner cup of coffee well we just um like recently learned at another which obviously i mean i've never spent any time in the restaurant community for like a longer than a month but i was fascinated to think like vintage restaurant wear is so collectible and like turning that leaf over within the last six months i was like oh shit of course it's collectible yeah (laughs) 
there's like, like a lot of crazy, um, just like industrial sized things. And yeah, stuff that you don't think about because, you know, we're not in a restaurant or whatever. Well, yeah, like it was really like, cool. yeah, jadeite coffee mugs were restaurant wear, like in restaurants. Yeah. And like, I was just like, because when you think about stuff as like collectible, it seems untouchable at that aspect of being used. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because right. like you don't even notice them, like. Because my grandparents had mugs like that too, and they're like, "Oh, we got it from the diner," and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's like mm-hmm. cute little coffee mug. <laughs> like maybe we shouldn't use it all the time." I know. <laughs> now I totally I get. Now that. I'm like, "Yeah, just use it. I don't care. Just use it." <laughs> so did you take a lot of cruels and stuff from there? Did they keep those in the house after the restaurant? Um, you know, I'm not sure what happened to those. I didn't get any of those. That's so. okay. We won't. <laughs> We'll track whoever did take them down and we'll start a petition. I know, because that's become like your new little obsession. <laughs> Only for like reselling. Cause I, and then I also, I, it's the Yeah, like, but you always start with the reselling yeah, and then right. you're like, oh, I'm going to keep it. Well, <laughs> right. no, because those, they were kind of like tucked in the corner at the Goodwill. And it was just like, I can't, I, it was one of those things if I would have walked away from it, I would have been really sad. And so I hung yeah. one of them. I put one of them in the living room and I really liked it. I think the other one I'm going to put down here, um, probably in the bathroom. Yeah. So nice. Maybe Jill. Maybe I'll resell. Maybe somebody buy the cruels so Jill will leave me be. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody. Plus it was. I had also sent you, um, you guys, a picture of the green bathroom. Yes. Um, That is not my grandparents who passed away. They are um, alive and well. They're super eclectic. I would say it's mostly my grandma on that side, but. the, the green bathroom has been like so iconic and like um, just my whole childhood and my tastes and yeah because it's a green very it's like wow it's a very <laughs> 70s bathroom yeah I'm, I'm pulling it up for Jill yeah I'm now. such a sucker for that like um I don't know like themed decor where it's like almost tacky but mm-hmm. not I don't know it just all goes together and yeah. A little bit obnoxious. I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to do that for our uh, my master bathroom, mm-hmm. but my husband shut that down real quick. There's still time. I'm like, no, we just get some like really cool, like, you know, tropical mm-hmm. wallpaper and then we'll just do. No, no. <laughs> he needs to go on a vacation <laughs> so we can wallpaper. I know. Bathroom. I was like, I think it pretty but whatever so what was your what was your like turning point to like having little collections and seeing other people collect to taking a little bit more of an interest in the collecting um yeah um i would say i just yes followed so many people on instagram and i was like such a big fan of everything they were posting and i was just like wow how did like where do these people find this stuff and like i want to do what they do um so I just started paying attention and learned about um, estate sales and went thrifting more. And yeah, now I have collections up to my ears. <laughs> mm-hmm. What were you, what were the first things you were starting to collect? And like, when you started to learn about them? Um, I would say, let's see, first things, uh, those Zodiac mugs have been a collection that I've been working on for a long time. Um, I've, gotten some on eBay, some from Instagram sellers, and actually thrifted the very last one I needed like two or three weeks ago. So, oh, do you, so yes. you have the full Zodiac of these mugs now? Yes, I have all 12. Yeah, they're like um, goblets that are like this high. Um, oh. They have the, yeah, they have each sign on the front. and yeah, Those are cool. Really cool. That is cool. You yeah. know, I think the next like trend in collecting is going to be like the celestial stuff. Yeah, because that's coming back and just like 
like you know, I, I'm not sure why I'm so drawn to it, but um, it's so cool. And I love all the colors and the like 70s vibe on the astrology stuff. It's so funky. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember I still will like see them sometimes when I'm out. Is like the plates that have the zodiac. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And they're like the gold and they have all the writing. <laughs> yes. They're very. And it's like, what do I do with this? Like, Do I hang it? Do I eat it? Do you only right. eat off of it yeah. on your birthday? Plates, yeah. Plates are really awkward sometimes. Yeah. You have to have one of those like cute little stands or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I grew up, I thought everybody had a plate wall because <laughs> my grandmother's house and my mom's house both had plate walls. I remember. I think my mom had a plate wall. I think. I don't remember. So I just thought everybody was hanging bougie plates. Uh, my mom was really <laughs> into spoons. Like the oh. little collector spoons Ooh. from different states and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. I remember Did she have like one of those like um, little yeah. shelves? The racks. Flops? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then my great grandma did the thimbles. I thought, so I thought everybody had spoons and thimbles. <laughs> See, we didn't, we didn't do spoons. Well, I take the, no, my grandma has thimbles, but they're like Wedgwood and Lennox thimbles. Yeah. They're very yeah. on brand for her. <laughs> I know hers were like, yeah, a lot of like the like pictures and stuff. Do you collect weird? Do you collect any state like souvenir stuff now? Um, I don't. I I've definitely sold a few things, and I do look for them when I'm out and about. But I don't have any collections myself of um, state stuff. We're gonna have to change that. <laughs> yeah, well, I only ask because I have um, clients and friends that travel, and my thing is ugly state magnets. Oh, like really okay. hideous. Like, why would you sell wow. this? That, those are the ones I want. Oh, yeah. I do push pennies. Oh, see? Okay. I, have, I have like a whole jar of them. My husband's like, what are we going to do with these? I'm like, I don't know. They're you fun. Could, <laughs> you could make a like bar top. Oh, I could. Resin. I could. Or I could there make you magnets. Go. Yeah, magnets. Make earrings. Tear it up. Let's do it. Do it. <laughs> I don't have time for that shit. No, you know, I need to find some cool Minnesota vintage stuff to collect. But ooh, ooh. yeah, you do. I just saw a really <laughs> cool somebody I, uh, we had on the show. Kelsey was having a story sale, and she sold this Texas mug. Oh yeah, and I sent it to Beth. Somebody. Her oh, husband, did yeah. you? Mm-hmm. It's got a yellow oh, Texas rose. I like. I like. I like kitschy stuff. Like I think I will always have an affinity for kitsch. Yeah, I'm just like, who's buying this? And then it's like, oh me. I'm the demographic for kitsch. <laughs> Did she end up getting the mug when I, you sent it to her? Let's see. She messaged because she was like, I think she was in a fight with it. Oh, let's get some oh. tea. We might have to Ooh. cut this. <laughs> Who knew Texas mugs were popular? I love when I send somebody something and then they actually buy it. Or I mean, at least like it. But mm-hmm. when they actually buy it, I'm like, nice. I know. I've had a couple people do that to me now. And I'm like, oh, that no, I don't need that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So when you were like, because I think everybody kind of does this thing as a reseller where they start to like mm-hmm. buy what other people are selling and they're like, why isn't this selling for me? And then you kind of fall into your niche. When did you land in the decades that you're selling in? When did you find that for yourself? Um, I would say maybe just a couple of months into reselling. I mean, there's a few things that I got um, when I very first started that I still have, but I think I've kind of consistently had the same um, the same vibe the whole time, um, kind of 60s, 70s, lots of color. Um, I'm not super big on neutrals, so <laughs> the brighter, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will agree with that. What were the first things you were collecting? Um, some of the first things are uh, I got were clothes, uh, lots of clothes. Um, I have a ton of 80s clothes that um, 
just haven't really sold. So I guess that would be one of those, you know, one of those things before I found my like 60s, 70s vibe. Yeah. Just kind of jumped in with some other 80s stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't really know too much about, but yeah. Well, and that's, I think, you know, too, when you're out and about and you see like a vintage piece of clothing, you're like, I gotta, I gotta grab that. Now. Yeah. And then I hold it I'm up right. and I'm like, well, I can't this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of transitioned a little bit too. I really started um, on like only Depop. I wasn't really posting much on Instagram and it was all clothing. But um, later I found out that I love um, books and just a lot of paper stuff and different housewares. And I think that's kind of, um, you know, more my thing than mm-hmm. clothes. But well, and yeah. I think too, like the, the 70s clothing and 60s clothing is just so cool and so interesting. Like it's just really yeah. not. So what I've never, I've never sold clothing. So what, what are the steps you go through to list clothing online? Um, yeah, I always um, wash everything and then um, measure it, take the photos, um, see if I could find any info online. Um, and then, yeah, post it, decide a price. Yeah. Cause you do like, you measure like pit to pit, right? And yes. You measure, do you measure like length and sleeve of the garment or like, cause I'm Usually always... I just do pit to pit and length, but, um, sometimes sleeves, it depends. And yeah. I always am more than willing to, you know, give people whatever measurements they need if it's not listed. Yeah. The first time I was like starting to buy clothing online from not necessarily vintage resellers, but I was like, what is P to P? I know, like, right? <laughs> what is that? I kind of thought the same thing too. I was like, what does that mean? But it really is, I guess, kind of the easiest way for people to measure stuff at home and just kind of flat measuring everything. So Mm -hmm. see if something will fit the right way or not. And then it's hard with vintage stuff too, because you can't really go off of the standard size on the tag because they've changed so much since then. Oh yeah, for sure. You really have to pay attention to the measurements. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, um, we were, when the first time I went to the bins, I was surprised at how much like vintage clothing was in the bins, the Goodwill bins, but some of it was in pretty rough shape. Do you have like, do you have like a sliding scale of vintage you'll sell and vintage you'll leave behind, even if you know it's like worthwhile of mm-hmm. selling? I would say deal breakers for me would probably be like any um, rips or, I mean, sometimes holes are okay. It, it just all depends, but mm-hmm. And usually stains that we could kind of work with that too. But um, for the most part, I try to stick to clothes that are in pretty good condition just because I don't sell clothes too often. Mm -hmm. So it's really not, I don't think it's um, worthwhile for me to, you know, try to repair pieces and all that. Yeah. Are there things that you sell that you're uh, like surprised that they sell so well? Like, do you pick something up and you're like, well, maybe this will sell? Um, Sometimes like wicker stuff. Um, which is, I do pay attention to that because I know a lot of people are into that, but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily my vibe. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, when I post something like that, those go quickly. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that's interesting. Cool. <laughs> that's a lot of, yeah. Cause it's pretty popular right now. Like I saw some wicker, um, at a sale this last weekend and I, I don't even like wicker, like in my own aesthetic. And I was like, do I buy it? I know. It, exactly. Yeah. It's like almost too popular where it just yeah it makes you can think about buying it when yeah you don't had, even need yeah. it or... mm-hmm. we had a bunch of wicker when i was a kid so i have a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. with it like the chairs yeah. i like but like some of the shelving i'm just like i just remember it collecting so much dust mm-hmm. 
And then we having to dust yeah. it and then I, like, never again. I remember it's kind of hard to clean too. You have to be careful and yeah, because you didn't have spray air back then. You had to like wipe it down. Yeah. And you had like, the huge long nylon feather dusters that didn't yeah. do shit. Yeah, it just moved it up and round. Yeah, yeah spread it around. Yeah, yeah. my yeah. grandparents had a wicker chair, an armchair. Oh yeah, and I remember the first time my grandma told me it was made out of essentially weeds, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like nine and she's like, that chair is made out of like grass. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> You're like, I'm sitting on it. It is not. <laughs> You've lost your mind. And then I remember she would like, they had this big fat cat named Mickey and he would come and scratch the side of the wicker chair. Oh. And my grandma, <laughs> oh, the one we talk about on the show all the time. If you hear me refer to a grandmother, it's generally that one. Because <laughs> she was yeah. my, she was my collecting um, archangel, angel, archangel, archangel, <laughs> sweet baby angel. <laughs> Well, she was just, that was, that was where like, I think, you know, for a lot of people like that comes into their life of like, um, if I don't have this in my house, I'm not a real collector. That's where like crystal comes in for me. Yeah. When I I first started. I was like, I feel like that with, um, Pyrex. Um, I know you guys are way more familiar with with that than me, Mm -hmm. especially you, Jill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I just have, um, I think like three bowls and I, I always feel like I tell myself I feel so cool for that because I don't know. It's not something I collect, but I know it's, you know, everybody's favorite thing. And I feel, I feel special for being included in that. I got my first piece of uranium on my own, uranium glass on my own. I felt the same way. I was like, oh, my God, I made it. I did it. Yeah, I, did it. <laughs> I was very proud. I know. That was, yeah. And that was like, I started with Pyrex too. And now I don't really, if I pick something up, it's for Jill. If I find something, I'll be like, oh, I found this for you. That's how I am with Halloween decorations for you. I'm like, oh, look at this. Mm -hmm. Hence the bisel skeleton that's right there. Yeah. I always think of you, Jill, when I um, use my Pyrex. Like I have one that I use a lot and there's one that I don't use, but um, I'm like, oh, she would be proud of me. I'm using, I'm eating out of it right now. (laughs) I'm super proud of you right now. I'm a proud mom. Mm -hmm. Little mama bird, little mama Pyrex. (laughs) That it's it's hard for me sometimes. Um, I love vintage stuff that's still in the box and original packaging is just like blows my mind. Um, so I don't know. There's some things that I love to use, but there's other things that I'm like, oh my god, I'm never opening that. That has to stay. In, like, I know. Pristine. Oh, I know. We bought a <laughs> 1970s camp stove, brand new in the box, and I had to wow. cut the box open to get the camp stove out. And my husband's like, are we going to do this? And I was like, well, we're going to use it for camping. And he's like, but should we? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. And he's like cutting it and he's just like slowly cutting it. I'm like, hurry up, just open it. And he's like, I don't want to rip anything. I was like, he's so cute about that kind of stuff. Well, because no. it is, it's like, it's to think about I, the thing that now is like fucked me up. is like, I asked that question the other day on the Instagram of like, what do you think is going to be popular in 20 years for collecting? And like a oh, couple yeah. people said Funko Pops. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. am I going to be mad that I threw the boxes away? And now I, it's like, it's like the Beanie Baby thing all <laughs> over again. Right. I'm like, uh, <sighs> my partner, Travis, has a huge collection of, of Funkos. So he's kept, he's very like anal about that. All the boxes are. Oh, see, he's going to be making some money in 20 years. Yeah, he's going to have the money. (laughs) Bam's going to be like, oh, I should have kept the box. Well, I kept, so the boxes I still have are like, I have the Sanderson sisters that somebody got me as a gift. 
And so they all come out of their box to be displayed for Halloween and then they go back in their box. But the boxes that I threw away, I think, were my Labyrinth Funko Pop boxes. Oh. And that was just, yeah, a, but just okay. a misguided those, step on my part. So you will never get rid of those. <laughs> no. Okay. No. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I was. I'm still missing. If anybody ever sees Sarah and the Worm or, yeah, it's oh. the only one I'm missing. You also have okay. to tell your children that when you get old and they're getting rid of stuff that they can't get rid of those. Oh, it's gonna those be are so the bad. things you just keep forever. I'm just going to say, go onto my hard drive and listen to all of my <laughs> podcasts. And that's how you'll know the history of my stuff. Shake my finger. Right. I don't even know how to explain some collections, you know, like all my uh, Hannah and Barbara, like Yogi Bear and Flintstone stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know I, what, like, I don't know what my reason really is for that collection or what I would say to somebody if they asked me to explain that. So do you collect, like, do you collect anything and everything in Hanna-Barbara stuff? Or do you have like a Um, particular like cartoon you stick with? I really, really like Yogi Bear. I would say that's um, my favorite one. And then the Flintstones, I love them too. Mm -hmm. They're just all so cute. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know they are. Those were good cartoons. I know. I was always, I had an affinity for the Jetsons and I think that's where. Oh yeah. Like my yes. mid-century love first started. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's then I was so cool. super and, like, disappointed. And, um, sorry. No, you're okay. Going back and re-watching them um, now is so cool too. If you haven't done that, you totally should. Just the, the animation and all the, the backgrounds and everything. It's wild. They're, they're so cool. I know. I really thought everybody get a rosy robot by now. We, well, we have Roombas. No, but she doesn't do a- everything. And half no. the time she gets stuck on the damn cord. Right. <laughs> Error 10. I was um, on TikTok. Surprising. Oh, really? And there was a video somebody posted with the, um, oh my God, X-Files theme song. But it was a Roomba out on the street. <laughs> oh my goodness. Somebody's Roomba got out. And it's just, so it's the X-Files. And it's just going across the road. Like hits a car and then like goes the other way. It's like, wow, call it back to the dock, man. Oh, man. Somebody, yeah, they got it clean, though. We don't have one because we have a dog. No, we have one because we have a dog. Aren't you worried about it rolling over a fresh pile? No, because my dogs poop outside. All the time? Yeah. All right. That's good. (laughs) No, Rudy's 12 and he doesn't care about anything. Yeah, see, mine are still pretty young where they they know they have to go outside. All right. Okay. That's just my biggest fear. Dogs and kids don't necessarily. But also, if we're not home, they get put in the kennels. Right. Some people's don't. <laughs> okay. So I've heard horror stories of to each his own excavating ro- Roombas. <laughs> you do it. You can do it when you're home. I don't know how science works, Jill. Roombas. I don't have one. It will change I've, I've your life. I've never had one, but they they do look life changing. So yeah, maybe I should try it. They are. <laughs> Except she gets stuck a lot. Oh. But my husband's working from home now, so he gets to deal with it. Does it send you like a notification? <laughs> yeah, it will. It will send a notification on his phone. But she also is like in the, because we put her in the basement and we hear this, error 10, please refer to Roomba. And I'm like, shut up. Just, oh my God. You got on there. Just get the off. coming from your basement. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Furby for adults. Furby. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and every once in a while she'll be docking and then all of a sudden this we'll hear this 
And I'm like, is she working or is she like telling me she's done for the day? I don't know what she's doing. Well, have you last oh mop goodness. corner? Have you seen the ones that it's a Roomba, but it's a mop and a mm-hmm. uh, and it like docks itself and like drains wow. the water, cleans itself, and then goes back out to finish the job? Yeah, I Jeez. can fuck with one of those. I have a lot of hardwood. Yeah, I, yeah. I need that for my upstairs. All in one. Go fund me for a robot vacuum. <laughs> Well, and you collect like another popular, I love that you collect like pop culture things too, because I always see that yeah. stuff and I'm like, I wonder what the person is that collects these things. Like you collect, like my mother-in-law collects Coca-Cola ephemera and all that stuff. Yeah. And you collect 7-Up stuff. Do you go for like oh. everything 7-Up or do you have like particular um, items? I would say everything. <laughs> I would at least, uh, anytime I see something 7-Up, I definitely check it out and, you know, look at it, if see if I have it or, you know, all that um, but yeah, it's been a fun little collection. I don't know why I've always been um, drawn to like, yeah, food and packaging and all that, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> and also, the green is so fun. Yes. Yes. Well, and I always think of like the quintessential 7-Up collectible to me is that 7-Up mirror that has like the big seven in the bubbles oh, and the yeah, glitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There yes. is, oh, I wonder if it's still, I should ask my mom. There is a laundromat in Shelley, the town that I'm from. And it had this old sign from the 60s or 70s that was, it said seven up laundromat. Oh. And it's in like orange and yellow. Like, it's so cool. I wonder if it's still there. You going to go steal it? Yeah. Okay. Get a ladder. I know. I know that there's a um, there's a liquor store uh, that's in Denver, and they have a Seven Up sign outside their business. And I every time I drive by it, I'm like, I should go in and just give them my number, just to let me know you whenever should. they get rid of that sign. You know? <laughs> Maybe they're just, just waiting for somebody to want it to get rid of it. <laughs> like the right. right person will show up yeah well because there was i remember driving through the country there's lots of country roads here where i live and like seeing in people's backyards like old signs from buildings and i'm like they're just gonna like die this is where right. the problem comes from i'm forever trying to rescue shit what am i instead gonna do with of rescuing puppies and kitties exactly. you rescue vintage signs <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean which i guess is cleaner kind of yeah well, no, I, I still I did. I wish I had like um, more space, and I I wish I could just fill a museum with all my vintage goodies. I know that's... I need better ways to display them and all that. I know. Now that I have a bigger house, I think oh, I need more. No, I don't mm-hmm. actually need <laughs> any more. I bought like another cake stand, and my husband's like, seriously, and I'm like, I don't have this color with this base. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's different. Plus, in all fairness to Jill, she has a really open kitchen with lots of big, tall shelving. Oh, well, it's you a- got to fill it up then. Well, and I will I will give credit to my mother's brother, my uncle. He, because my grandmother is the one that has lots of collectibles. And so my mom like went the opposite way. And her brother is the one with also lots of collectibles, like cool art glass and stuff like oh. that. And he told my mom, he's like, you need to put shelves in your basement and you need to put stuff on it. And then when you're bored of stuff, take stuff off, go to the shelf and switch your collectibles out. That is what I plan to do. Ooh. There's your vintage tip of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Love the sound effects. <laughs> Thank you. It's uh, great. You can cut our sound effects and just put yours in because yeah. we won't sound like ding dongs. <laughs> 
But I think it's it's also I I did like and Jill saw it very real in real time when we started the show and you learned about so much. It was like Ursula the Sea Witch trying to get all of the collectibles <laughs> I could. And that yeah. now I've narrowed. I've like have my blinders on and I'm like, okay, these are the things I want in my collection and I'm just gonna seek them out. And like I just right. sold my first pieces of uranium glass out of my collection, the yes. very first ones I bought because I nice. like one upped on them. Right. Yeah, like finding something a little bit better. What do you have in your sites as like stuff you want to add to your collection? Um, let's see. Um, there is one particular in that I have a um Flintstone set of glasses, and I have um Barney and Wilma, and um I'm forgetting the other lady's name. Betty. 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 Yes. And then um, I'm just missing Fred, so oh. I need that for sure. All right. Oh. Are they <laughs> and, like the little um, juice, like the juice cups? Um, are they tumblers? They're yeah, they're like tumbler size, and they're from Pizza Hut. Yep. And they're oh, yep. uh, baby Flintstone characters. Yep. Bam, so bam, and just, pebbles. Oh yep. my god. Yeah, they're very cute. Those. Do you remember those? I totally do. I always had to drink <laughs> out of um, either uh, Fred or Bam Bam. Did you have them as a kid or would you go to Pizza Hut and they had them? No, we had them. Okay. Wait, the only reason I ask is we very rarely went out to eat when I was little. (laughs) Yeah, we... (laughs) I miss... So, remember when Arby's had their Christmas cups? Mm -hmm. My mom was obsessed. As soon as they would come out, we were at Arby's. So, really, we only ate out because my mom wanted to collect these things. I mean... How cool that restaurants used to do that. Like I know. The, I don't know. Just these like really nice solid glasses. Yes. With the awesome graphics. Like something you could actually keep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's so cool. There was, it makes me sad because there was an estate sale, that one in Pocatello. Yeah. The one that I got a lot of uranium at. Oh, yeah. They had in the basement, they had like built in cabinets that were filled with those cups. Oh. But they wanted like, they were like, and it was like, you know, like almost like food storage shelving. So they were tall and deep and there was like just hundreds of glassware, but they wanted Um, like almost retail or close like to retail and over for individual glasses. They wanted like $10 to $15 a piece. That's the worst when you walk into a sale and you know, you just see those kind of prices everywhere. It's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's really And especially if you waited for a while too beforehand, it's like, wow, I just waited for this. Mm -hmm. Well, and this was too, this was end of second day and they still Uh had like a full house. Wow. Read the room. You'd think they discounted by then. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It'd be less for them to move out like less work for them right that's the one thing when, like sometimes I walk into a sale and I'm like I know you I know you are trying to get as much money as you can out of your stuff and I totally understand that but a sale is not the place to really do that like you're the people that are coming yeah. to those are not coming to pay full retail no right and also obey by the time you say you're going to open your doors please <laughs> oh yes don't open them <laughs> early yeah opening them early uh, thankfully when that has happened to me i have been in line already so it's worked out but um yeah that sounds like a nightmare <laughs> what's your so we have our estate sale like the way we go through a sale what's your like what's your initiative when you go to a sale like how do you what do you pack to take with you how do you move through a sale uh, yeah so uh, most of the ones that we go to here i um, my partner Travis usually is with me. You know, it's just nice to have somebody else, more hands, whatever. Yep, yes. Um, but yeah, we'll go there, and typically we have to get there like two to three hours early. 
Um, so we get there and just park and wait. Maybe okay. we'll watch a show or something. Um, and then, yeah, just go in. I typically go for like the kitchen or the basement. Those are usually where my kind of stuff is. Um, and he's got his own stuff too. Um, it's been so fun since um, he's gotten involved with like, um, my business and all that. Um, he started his own collection. He's really into sports. So we've gotten a lot of like 90s NBA um, figurines and yeah. like, yeah, just some really fun retro stuff. So that's and cool too. Did you, when did you open your cute little booth at the antique mall? Have you- oh yeah. Um, it's almost been a year now. I think, um, yeah, like late July or early August last year, we opened that. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And that's been great too. The Brass Armadillo is uh, a chain. I think they have five or six locations, oh, wow. um, throughout a couple States. I know there's one in like Phoenix and, um, there's one somewhere in Iowa, but to be honest, the only one I've been to is in Denver. Oh, wow. They're huge. You could be in there for hours. Because what I was, what I could surmise is it looks like it's almost like you guys have like a bookshelf size cubby, or is it a little bit bigger than that? It is. Um, it that's a good description. I think. Um, it's it's pretty tall, but yeah, it's a showcase. Um, and there's just like I think there's seven or eight rows of those, and they're just like huge aisles of those Whoa. showcases. Add it yeah. to the list. And that's just that's just the showcases. Like there's um most of the places booths, you know, so that's just a small portion of it. Wow. Yeah. I so there's another that's the other reason we have to go visit. I know. Because I wanted to take a little time <laughs> to talk about your day job also. Cause oh, I yeah. I find it very interesting, aside from the vintage, is your other profession is a bud tender. So I love yes. that title, by the way. <laughs> it is pretty cute. I'd like it too. So how long most people haven't heard it called that before. No. So. no. Yeah, I... it's kind of fun. It's adorable. I'm obsessed with I it. I know I want a t-shirt that says that. Bud tender. Bud tender. Bud tender. <laughs> um, so how long have you done that? How long have you worked as a bud tender? Yeah. Um, for most of the time I've lived in Denver, four years now. Um, I served at a couple of restaurants when I first moved here, but then I got my license to um work in a marijuana facility and yeah that's what i've been doing ever since oh that's oh. my first ding 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 of not knowing anything about it you have to have a license which okay. is reassuring yes um it's it's nothing too crazy you don't have to take like classes or anything so that's what some people kind of think they're like oh you had to pass you know or you had to know this amount of stuff but um you just pay a fee to the state and pass a background check and they'll give you your little badge and yeah, then you're good to apply at any dispensary or um, a grow facility or, you know, there's a lot of different, a lot of different businesses just besides a store. But, yeah. That's cool. That's super cool. So I am <laughs> um, pretty novice on the whole weed side of stuff. I've only, I mean, cause I live somewhere that it's not legal. And yeah. so I think a lot of my experiences with it have to do with like the paranoia that runs alongside <laughs> with getting in trouble. But there was one time right. I was visiting somebody in a place that it was legal. And what they said to me in the description of knowing what type of weed to smoke was indica means into couch. You're going <laughs> to yes. be very lazy. And it's so cheesy, but I, I tell that to people every day because once you hear it, you'll never forget it. Never you know, that'll like it. stick in your head and then you'll never get them confused. And so. sativa is like, if you want to get stuff done, right? 
Exactly. Oh. Yeah. More active. Good for during the day. So what yeah. are like, what are, so let, I'll just lay out my, my neuroses. Okay. So I have anxiety and I have a hard okay. time sleeping. So what would be my best option? Yeah. For um, me? I would say get for sleep. Um, you could have something indica and you don't necessarily have to smoke either. We have um, a ton of edibles. Um, and there's also like, I guess it's kind of count as an edible, but it's just tablets that you can take and swallow. So oh. if you're not trying to smoke, there's options for that too, but indicas are always the best for sleep. There's also ones that are half and half, like half the active kind and half the sleepy kind. Oh. So it's just kind of like right in the middle and chill. Wow. It's not too heavy either way. Idaho, get your act together. Not that I could. I'm a nurse. I can't do that kind of stuff. That's still drug taste me. Right. Well, and it's, yeah, it's, it's wild how many states, um, you know, are not legal. And mm -hmm. I'm also surprised by some of them that are. So it's, that's true. It's there are a couple. I'm like, what? Well, I, like, yeah, it's one of the, so I have really bad PCOS. And so sometimes I get such severe cramping. So PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And before I was being treated for it, I would get really horrible, you know, that time of the month. And one of the only things sometimes that would get my body to chill out just a little bit would be a little bit of an edible so that I could just like uh -huh. yeah. calm down. My body would yeah. chill out. Like focus on something else. Yeah. 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 My husband and I went to an up and smoke tour concert with uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Eminem and was that in others. Boise or was it? Yeah, it was in Nampa. Okay. And um, then we went to Pizza Hut and ate three large pizzas to ourselves <laughs> and giggling. Like all these people are staring at us like, what is it? And then I started giggling and I was like, oh my God, we're high. <laughs> <laughs> Just realizing it as you're eating. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, holy shit, I ate a whole pizza and a half. And I was like, oh shit. And then we had to go back to his parents' house afterwards. And he's like, we're going to get caught. We're going to like play it cool. Play it cool. But we didn't oh we didn't just go to a Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Eminem concert. They handed out <laughs> cookies. It was no type of... <laughs> they weren't smoking anything, mom and dad. Yeah. I mean, there was baked goods. Well, I think like I think we're closer to that than we are further away from it here. Yeah. I mean, well, I, actually, uh, I take that back because the ding-dongs in our legislature passed an amendment to the constitution that any drug that is illegal right now will never ever be legal wow like just cool handmaid's tale stuff yeah i forgot about I that that's kind of weird to make like a permanent thing it's like saying <laughs> like, things change yeah so we're maybe. never gonna use penicillin ever i know i'm right. like oh but you know the you know, like fentanyl and percocet and all those keep doing those people mm -hmm. yeah that's fine keep selling those on the black market right. please please uh. That's my soapbox for this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I wish they would um, go legal in Minnesota. I would, I think I would really consider moving moving back if they did. Yeah. Well, it's just I mean, and I'll it's it's such an arbitrary thing to still be hung up on as like the worst possible thing somebody could do. Right. You know, that's yeah. my my personal opinion. I think you know that I've seen a lot of other really bad drugs touch people's lives and yeah. I don't necessarily know a lot of people that their lives were ruined because they smoked a little bit of weed oh I felt right. great after that high and ate that pizza yeah it's the best pizza <laughs> you've ever had it's like having a, your first meal after you have a child granted it was like what 
Oh, frick. It was like 20 years ago, I think. Damn, I'm old. That's when um, I think that that tour would have sold out the best. It's probably 20 years ago. Oh, Lord. Sometimes I think, oh, man, I'm still young. And then like we were looking at something. It was 25 years ago. And I was like, shit, when did that happen? Well, you know what I, I bet, too, for you, Chantel, is that um, this first, this first wave of weed stuff that was legalized will be very collectible in like 20 years. Ooh. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have kept some of the edible packaging from a couple of years ago that I really liked just a, just a couple, like, I don't know, they're pretty silly little boxes, mm-hmm. but I thought one day, you know, those might be cool to see. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that the packaging in ephemera from early, early in the the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> that, that stuff. Crazy will... to think about, right? <laughs> right. Well, you think like um, about people that collect like old beer cans or old cigarette oh, stuff. that's true. Old yeah. alcohol bottles, like different things like that. Right. There is such a, um, I don't know, fan base or community, whatever, for that kind of stuff to eat the beer bottles and packaging and mm. I, I like those people <laughs> yes <laughs> I think that it is um, I want to collect like little mini like salesman size beer stuff that would be super cute did they make those yes. I think so mini stuff is so cute most like sales companies sold like minute they took miniature versions to show as they were trying to sell oh, it wow Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> or even like vintage advertising for stuff like that is interesting to me. Like yeah. old absinthe advertising. Oh, yeah. It's so yes. beautiful. Right. Um, before we get into today's estate sale walkthrough, where can our listeners find all your goodies? Yeah. Um, we are Telly Thrifts on Instagram. And then also all stuff is available on Depop. At, it's Telly BB on Depop cute <laughs> and then where yeah. for the local coloradians where is your booth located um, yes um we have showcase number 527 at the brass armadillo in denver adorable i love that name i love the name of that <laughs> i do too <laughs> you should uh look up the logo for the brass armadillo too it's a very very cute little armadillo <laughs> oh. this is just a silly armadillo story so just sidebar city. It's funny. We were driving to a hair show once with a girl I used to work with and we're driving and she starts laughing and you know, tires on the side of the road. Yeah. Okay. From like blowouts from yeah. semis. She was driving with her sisters and um, they're driving and the sister all of a sudden gets really sad. She's like, dad, I just get so sad when we go on road trips. And he's like, why? And he's like, because of those poor armadillos. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she goes, dad, right there. Those armadillas. Look how sad. They're all just dead on the side of the road. (laughs) And we live in Idaho. There's no armadillas. And he looks, turns and looks. And he goes, those are tires, honey. (laughs) Not armadillos. So now when when we're driving and I pass a tire, I go, oh, that's sad armadilla. Oh, my God. Poor armadilla. (laughs) That that poor girl. I have seen an armadillo on the side of the road when I went go. Because my best friend lives in Texas. Oh. The first time I saw that, I was like, holy shit, it's an armadillo. And she's like, yeah. I was like, can we go get it? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, fine. It's interesting to see like animals like that that aren't familiar to, you know, where you're from or whatever. It's like like giant roly polies. They do look giant. I think that's why. 
They're so cute. <laughs> Anyways, back to the show. <laughs> so today we are at a swap meet because I'm just fantasizing about going to my first ever swap meet. Wait That's a minute. Explain to the people oh, what shoot. this is. Back the truck back up. Roll over the armadillo once more. For those of you uh-huh. new to the show, we do an estate sale walkthrough with every episode. Now, the estate sale walkthrough is completely fabricated the scenarios are all made up but the items in the sale are very real they're from ebay etsy different parts of vintage instagram and they are all something that our guest has an affinity for and i don't ever have an affinity for and then i and develop. she's mad at me we fight after the show it's it's bad <laughs> we throw lacroix at each other <laughs> The only catch with the estate sale walkthrough is you can only pick one item or another unless otherwise stated in the directions. You are responsible for finding your own loopholes. We will not tell you how to get there. You can figure it <laughs> I out. I have yet to find my own loophole. That's how hard it is. It's like a real life labyrinth, but estate sales. <laughs> so today we're at a swap meet and we have a list of stuff that we're looking for in particular. We have our little estate sale carts. We got cash. We got our drinks. Maybe a little bit of an edible. We're traveling. Jill's driving. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not. Jill, you're not a nurse in this scenario. Oh, good. So you yeah, can have fun. I'm all over it then. <laughs> so we're going to find some cool stuff. The first booth we come to has vintage items you don't really see in a modern home. It is vintage TV trays with the brass legs and the stands. Nice. Do you choose the orange and yellow floral? Now, these are the big blooms, right? The blue and white floral or the green and yellow floral, specifically like avocado greens. And they're complete sets. Of course they are. Mm -hmm. I always thought that that was like the epitome of class when people had TV trays. I thought we were fancy when we had a couple of them. Oh, shit. (laughs) I... What would you pick? I don't know. I think I would go with the orange and yellow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with the warm colors. You can see that. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> green and no blue and white. Oh, I am going to go with the green because I'm just really into avocado green right now from especially this shade behind me of my cabinet. I was just going to say, isn't that like green and yellow right yeah, back? Oh, right. I wrote it. <laughs> It's just that guy. I know. I can't ever pass blue regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blue is your color, isn't it? Nice. The next booth we come to is overflowing with vintage glassware, but specifically old advertising glassware. Mm. Do you yes. choose to pick through this which pop culture? So there's three different genres of glassware at this booth, right? You can pick whichever ones okay. you want, but you have to stay in your section. So okay. there is... Pop culture glassware, think cartoons and movies and advertising. Then there's product glassware like jam jars and sun-kissed vintage juice jars, things like that. Or vintage fast food glassware, McDonald's, Arby's, Pizza Hut, those types of things. Which section? You can pick as many as you want, but which area are you sticking in? Oh, no. I think... Um, I think I'm going to have to go with the fast food glass, the glasses, mm-hmm, yeah. all the restaurant stuff. That's a good choice. Those are so cute. So bright. And, and that was awesome. written before sense. we had the conversation today. I didn't know. <laughs> I like how you always <laughs> have to put a disclaimer. I didn't there. know. It's just my intuition. <laughs> I am going to pick because generally some of them end up with a little bit of uranium glass is the vintage product glasses and nice. things like that. Like sun kissed. And I like old jam jars. I think are really pretty. True. Mm-hmm. They're all really cute. 
first one's hard not to pick though too if it has like you I know, know. I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna go pop culture mm-hmm. I want the Smurf yeah. set yeah and there's Thundercats oh yeah oh Jam. yeah yeah the Smurf are so cool I need to start collecting those I don't know why I haven't yet <laughs> <laughs> I know they're so cute Yes. So I the love next Smurfette. Oh, the, hi. The so she cute. was. She was. The flower in her hair and her little heels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Smurfette. Oh, and I got older though. I'm like, why is there only? Yeah. Then it starts to get really weird. <laughs> right. really? I hate when I notice stuff like that. I'm like, no. <laughs> it. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I just want my innocent brain to remain, please. Right. <laughs> The next booth we come to has an array of decor items, but these are all wall-hanging items that we're going to be choosing from today. Do you choose from the floral wall hangings, the mushroom wall hangings, or the owl wall hangings? Ooh. We were doing good up until now. So why, why should <laughs> I had my answer ready. Um, I would go with the mushrooms for sure. Ooh, oh, out the gate with the mushrooms. I like yeah. a person who knows what they want uh-huh. right away. <laughs> Because I never do. <laughs> what What is it going to be, Joe? Floral uh, owl mushroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. I it's a, such a, I don't know. It could be anything. Could so be. Maybe. I'm going to go owl. <gasps> oh. nice. Just because I could see my husband like not letting me bring the florals. <laughs> <laughs> what if I give it to you as a gift? I would have to still put it somewhere it's not around That's him. True. That's true. <laughs> um, I am going to go uh, mushroom because I have a lot of floral stuff already. Yeah, you do. Right. My um, Melissa got me this. The I have the Sirocco flower clock that hangs in my kitchen. And then nice. Melissa got me for my birthday. She got me um, the Sirocco matching hangers that go on either side of it. They're like flower baskets. Yeah, it's super cute. Oh, but I also, awesome. I love, I love 70s mushroom decor. Yes. I know. Why is it so cute? It's, it's just... hard to pass up. It's, it's so cute. And mm. I feel like um, even if it's not for myself, like when I'm buying for my shop, I, you know that stuff always goes over really well Mm -hmm. people love mushrooms yeah they're having their moment right Mm -hmm. now they're stupid idiots they are stupid idiots that's our uh, loving term for little tiny things that we love yes well i'm proud of both of you for picking tremendous things during that estate sale walkthrough thanks that was hard (laughs) you had some great choices i was really excited to see what um, your choices were, you know, just based on uh, my <laughs> collections and, you know, what you know of me and all that. It's so, okay, it is it is hard to write them for two reasons. It's because I don't want to pick too many, like, obvious things from the email that somebody sends me, right? Because I feel right. like also people that listen to the show and then they're asked to be a guest also are trying to, like, pull the wool to be like, no, I don't like anything. Yeah. I don't, I don't collect anything. (laughs) So now I have to do like a little bit more sleuthing and a little bit more like, okay, what is, what's hiding in their pictures? What do they talk about? What do they, you go down to the very first picture that they've ever posted. I'm not releasing all of my industry secrets, but maybe, (laughs) but it's, and then I also don't want to make it like too obvious and not like that hard of a choice for somebody. It's there's an art to it. There's a fine line. It's a fine line. Also, I can't make, I can make somebody uncomfortable, but I don't want somebody to be really mad. Other than Jill, because Jill will still. I was gonna me. say, right. I was gonna, yeah. just think of all the questions I haven't put on. I just enjoy that I'm starting to become a drinking game mm-hmm. at this point. We need like a mothball bingo, like <laughs> Ooh, free space, and then this and that. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. I can't wait to buy some stuff from your shop. I can't wait to travel and shop your shop. I know. We're just adding to the list. We have a whole road trip planned at this point. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. And um, it's been great to put faces to the voices (laughs) I listen to when I listen to you guys. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate that. And I'm always so grateful of the people that we've got to meet because of the show, especially during this last year of our lives of not, you know, we were so isolated. And to now have this web of people. Yeah, it's nice. It's really beautiful. Thank you. It was just, it's just, it's humbling at the end of the day, really. To hear more about the items we talked about today, stick around for this week's Curio Corner. I, let's get in the car. We're going on a road trip. We're going to go see and buy multiple things, wink, and then (laughs) come on home. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. What an interesting <laughs> story she has. Like, I have a couple of friends that have, you know, adopted parents and that that whole different side of your life that you don't really know exists until somebody throws that door open. And yeah. it's like, hey, look at all of this surprise <laughs> stuff we have for you. I know. Like, just, I yeah, mm. I couldn't even imagine. No, it's definitely um, something that I think happens to the particular people that can kind of find their way through all of the it, there's just so much it's a grab bag of emotions and feelings and uh changing who you are as a person because you're finding out new information that you didn't know you had I know well that's why I want to do the the DNA test on myself because mm-hmm. it's like I get snippets of my, <laughs> my oh. history and stuff and so it'd be really fascinating to see like where my original roots come from same i feel that yeah. we should do it together let's do it let's make it a whole thing because i i'm interested to know especially the one side of my family that there's a lot of secrecy mm-hmm. behind the history i would love to know um yeah how that works out and we talked about a lot of stuff of years gone by of different types of collections that i think when people have them they don't necessarily think they have a vintage collection no, and she was so cute when she was hurt. She's like, I don't really, no, I don't have anything. And it's like, no, you you do, sweetheart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the things that she collects and has a lot of are those like promotional drinking glasses that were huge in like the 70s, 80s, 90s to the early 2000s, really. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I'm not even joking when like Arby's brought out their Christmas glasses we were at Arby's like that first day to get them. Well, and that's I why so my family didn't do the like fast food collectible items, but my husband's family did and they still have some of those things. So now when we go there, my son's plates and dishware are always the vintage ones that you would get. So there's like a Batman plate or yes. just different stuff like that. And of course my son is he has no idea what any no, of it is. He none. just sees it and he's like oh okay thank you so um these articles i didn't really pull from just one article these are from a couple different places there was a new york times article this is from uh, a couple of stuff is from rediscover the 80s.com wikipedia all of those things but as you can imagine with the time of fast food coming into an empire right mm-hmm. there 
was many marketing tactics to try and get as many people through their doors as they could. And if it harkens back to that glassware distribution that started in carnival times or when you would order flour and you would get a jadeite mixing cup or you would get all these different things as promotional items. This is just the continuation of that, but in a different type of market. It's in the fast food world. And they wanted it to have to people come through their doors, just like your mom, my husband's family, to go and buy these glassware. And it was generally cups and plates, like tall drinking glasses mm-hmm. and plates. And they most of the time went around popular cartoons or um, shows at the time. Like there's Goonies. Uh, like so for some collections that they have listed, there's Goonies from Godfather Pizza, which in 1985, The Great Muppet Caper from McDonald's in 1981, Camp Snoopy from McDonald's in 1983, Smurfs from Hardee's, and of course, The Empire Strikes Back from Burger King. God, oh, I yeah. wonder how much those glasses are. I remember though, uh, we had those. Oh, isn't that upsetting to think about? I wonder if my parents, my parents didn't throw shit away. So You're I going. They, I wonder if they're in the garage. Jill, here's your mission. Should you choose to accept it? (laughs) I I should tell my mom. I'd be like, okay, if there's nothing you want me to find in the garage, hide it now. (laughs) Because going on a scavenger hunt. You're estate selling your parents. That's what we're going to call. We go visit our parents. And we're going to go to our parents' estate sale that they don't know they're having. I know. My mom's already because we're going down this weekend to see them. (laughs) She's like, so uh, do you want your great grandma's punch bowl? Yes. Yes. Do you want your great grandma's this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you want your... Gr- yes, mom. Just whatever it is. <laughs> yes. Do you want... I um, I had the experience the other day with a friend where we went to their parents' house and their parents were getting rid of some stuff they're downsizing, right? And it yeah. was out on the table and my friend kind of like goes over and she's like wide-eyed. And then the mom goes, so do you, do you want to take some of that stuff? And she's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> parents, don't just get rid of stuff without asking your kids if they're collectors. Yes. However, I don't want any of my childhood stuff, like the class project stuff. Yeah, don't do that. I don't need any of that stuff. So the reason there's not a lot of information on the glassware stuff is it only is it's fairly recently collectible where there's collectors like us and our listeners that are trying to find the information about these promotional products like there's some guides and some different little booklets and things like that but it's not as diverse as you can find with like carnival glass or depression era glass or different things like that but one of the interesting things that i saw was why they stopped selling them oh yeah i need to know that and it was for fear of cadmium so cadmium can be oh um it fluoresces, right? Uh, yeah, it fluoresces underneath the light like uranium glass. Mm-hmm. But I think they were using it in the printing on the outside, which outside. W- would come into contact Wait. with your mouth and your hands. Smart, which, guys. So Smart. Good job. that was just kind of, that was in a New York Times article in 2010, 11 years oh, ago. <laughs> why they stopped making it because it was dangerous. But there is, um, there's two collector's guys devoted exclusively to promotional drinking glasses. Mark E. Chase and Michael Kelly's Contemporary Fast Food and Drinking Glass Collectibles. Um, and then John Hervey's Hervey's Collectors Inventory Records Checklist Price Guide to Glass Collecting. Wow. Who, they should have workshopped that title a little bit better. One more time for those of you that just had your brain do a cartwheel. <laughs> John Hervey's. Hervey's? 
collectors, inventory records, checklist, price guide to glass collecting. There's also no punctuation in that title. It reads as is. <laughs> Chase and Kelly's book is helpful and that is an introduction which contains sections covering brief history of the hobby of collecting promotional drinking glasses. Only a small fraction of which deals in the manufacturing history. Pricing and condition, care and storage, and shipping. Each set is fully described and often dated. So if you're into getting those promotional well and then there's also there was promotional drinking guests there was like juice jars right the really beautiful yes uh yeah yeah everything everything leads back to oh damn it guys we all think we're so original we're not though we're and our parents told us we weren't we didn't believe them because what do they of know of course they don't know anything oh shit <laughs> <laughs> That was really harsh Sorry. on that. Sorry. It's been a rough week <laughs> on that whole front. So it's coming out in the wash. Maybe you need to sit down and revisit your childhood with some good old vintage cartoons. I think I should. I think I definitely should. Maybe some. We also used to watch wrestling. So maybe I'll put some. Well, up. maybe you should do that too. All right. Yeah. Add it all. I'm going to get a big t-shirt <laughs> as a nightgown. Call it a day. Yes. And get some fuzzy slippers. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to put on it. all of the Bob's Burger stuff I own and then just, yeah. Say, yeah I mean, I remember getting my bowl of cereal from my mom, sitting in front of the TV on Saturday morning in my cute little Smurfette pajamas. Adorable. And watching every cartoon I could get in the what? It was like two mm -hmm. or three hours in the morning is all you got for cartoons. Yes, but it was a specific <clears throat> section of cartoons. Yes. The Hannah Bear, the Hannah Bear, Barbera. Yes. Wait, stop. The Hanna-Barbera ones. Mm -hmm. The best. They, I mean, they like were, they're iconic. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows them. Everybody's seen them. Mm -hmm. They was, still live on. And Saturday morning cartoons were like, no joke. Like that was, that was our five o'clock news hour. Yeah, it was. Like that was like, you knew, like you had to get up soon to watch mm -hmm. cartoons. And before your siblings, preferably. Yeah. Cause then you had to, you got to dictate which ones you got to watch. Mm hmm um, so I found an article from illustrationhistory.org, um, and it's, it says basically before the rise of basic cable and syndication, Saturday mornings for many children in America consisted of watching cartoons on TV on one of three available channels, <laughs> like we said, <laughs> limited. From 1958 through the 1980s, a vast majority of those cartoons bore the Hanna-Barbera imprint. Uh, and they created shows like The Flintstones, Scooby-Doo, Johnny Quest, Super Friends, and The Smurfs. Hanna-Barbera was essentially the power. Like, they were the ones. Yeah, they really had, uh, well, just a huge catalog of characters and shows and aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. And so their production was formed in 1957 by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, who had been partners in animation at MGM Studios, where they created the memorable Tom and Jerry short. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. That works. But okay. So they left MGM when the studio stopped production on animated films. Hanna and Barbera achieved um, immediate success on television. With the Huckleberry Hound Show in 1958. Oh my God, I forgot you about him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he was one. Of, he was like the first stupid little idiot. Stupid little idiot. <laughs> the cornerstone of. <laughs> oh. Um, and so that was followed um, later by the highly popular primetime series, The Flintstones. 
I knew they were prime time. I didn't know they were prime time. I thought they were more. Well, for us, they were morning. Right. But I guess back in the 50s, they were prime time. <laughs> Shut up. The Flintstones is on. <laughs> <laughs> My show, my stories are on. Everybody, <laughs> shut up. Followed by Lawrence Welk. She's got to get them all in. And so, through the next 30 years, Hanna Barbera produced an astonishing 249 individual cartoon series, series for television. What the hell? Totaling over 1,200 hours of original episodes. Oh my God. Like what? That's so much. That is, yeah. Um, and then when the Cartoon Network was formed in 1992, Hanna-Barbera supplied most of the cartoons for that, um, channel and was eventually absorbed by Warner Brothers. But the cartoons remained available in syndication and on DVD. The impact of Hanna-Barbera cartoons is evident in today's popular culture from Fred Flintstone and his Fruity Pebbles. Mm-hmm. To the numerous parodies on TV's Family Guy cartoon and the live-action Smurf films, to continue, um, and then continued the creation of the new Scooby-Doo TV series too. Whoa! And then there's like comic books and animated and live-action movies, all based upon these cartoons. Which is it's wild to think about because, like, listening to you tell the trajectory of Hanna Barbera. And like how, because I was on the tail end of Saturday morning cartoons, right? That was kind of right. something that ended by the time I was in middle school, really. And then also those promotional glasses follow along with this same type of uh, popularity. Yeah. And there's like a couple here that I didn't even know that was ba- like theirs. Like we all know the Smurfs and Flintstones, but the Berenstein Bears mm-hmm. and Johnny Bravo and the Powderpuff Girls. Oh, like, <laughs> I love them. They are so freaking cute. Mm-hmm. Mojo but- Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is the one thing my brother and I always shout at each other is Mojo Jojo. I'm sorry. Between this and the Beetlejuice thing. Oh, Lord. <sighs> oh, Lord. But yeah, I mean, Lord so- Love a Duck, Jill. Lord, Lord, Lord Love a Duck. <laughs> but yeah so i mean these two men impacted a shit ton of people Mm -hmm. and they still do today well yeah because it's now it's coming back to the 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 remakes and the reiterations and like what are they going to do to ruin our childhoods by trying to make money because i don't know if you saw the recent uh live action dora the explorer and what was the other cartoon it's so traumatizing Please take your phone out of your hot little, take it off your center console, do whatever you're doing, pull your car over and Google the new live action door of the Explorer. And I apologize for the nightmares. For, <laughs> for the parents listening, it's reminiscent of the Coco Melon animation. Like they the just, Coco Melon is like a, um, I don't want to be sued by Coco Melon. I'm sure they're a conglomerate. It's a fantastic kids educational thing. That one, I don't know. That one came after my kids. It was like a YouTube thing. I'm looking it up right now. So there's the live action one with the teenage girl, right? Oh, well, now yeah. there's a new like animation one that is. Anyways, it's just oh man, oh I oh yeah, wow. Anyways, we're just living in a. Well, then there's the the Bernstein Bernstein Bears controversy of like it's the Mandala effect <laughs> where it's like remembering it as this one versus the other one, like how it was yes. spelled. Yes. The simulation. I know. Crazy. Well, and we learned about a different type of antique mall this week also. 
Yes, and it is now on our must-go-to list. Yes, and it was it was interesting because when I was looking through her Instagram before we spoke, I was like, it looks like they just, I'm like, what is this booth space? like? Because it didn't look like they were the only ones that had this like little area set up rather than right. your usual, like the antique malls in our area are like huge open storefronts, right? Where everybody else brings in. Yeah. They're, they're shelving their whatever. Yeah. Like you get a little spot on the floor and then mm-hmm. you do it however you want. Yeah. And you bring in all of your own storage. So it was interesting to see something that obviously it wouldn't come across our field because of where we live. There isn't a brass. We're talking about, of course, the Brass Armadillo Antique Mall. And um, this information is coming from Wikipedia and the Brass Armadillo website. So they're a privately held chain of antique malls, which means they're just not publicly traded in the stock market. And the company was founded in Ankeny, Ankeny, Iowa. Um, It was founded by Larry Gatula and Dave Brittle in 1992. And the chain has six malls in the United States. There is one in Denver, one in Des Moines, one in Goodyear, uh, Kansas City, Omaha, and Phoenix. So they kind of follow this little corridor through those states. And vendors rent and run individual stalls to showcase their offerings of vintage or antiques or collectibles, right? Um, Offering the shoppers the convenience of many sellers under one roof, okay? The store hours for the Brass Armadillo are 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. What? Right? With the exception of Christmas Day. And they are located on major interstate highways in order to be visible to travelers, which is why they follow this like corridor of states. So if you're road tripping through that part of the country and make it just a state connection to hit the Brass Armadillos. Yeah, we totally are doing that. Right. So they put them on the highway so they're highly visible to travelers that are going through, right? The stores, are you ready for this? The stores range in size from 30,000 to 50,000 square feet with 375 to 750 dealers. You have to pack a lunch if you're going to shop here. How big is our Costco? I was just, let's, <laughs> I was just literally get out of my brain. You're picking up on my ESPN. Let's see. Idaho Falls Costco. 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 Okay. So for reference, our Costco is 180,000 square feet. It's 20,000 square feet larger than the Pocatello location. So let's see. What would, what's a comparable store? Maybe Michael's. That's probably too small. Okay. We're figuring this out. So for reference, one acre of land is 43,000 square feet. So these stores can sit on roughly just under an acre of like antiquing. An acre of antiquing awaits you at Brass Armadillo Antiques. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know what this is. This is like when I go down and see Tammy in Houston, they have the Nutcracker um, Market. <gasps> and they do it at Texas, um, the Texans practice field. Oh, shit. Or Yeah, I think it's their practice field. And yes. You have to, like, you have to hydrate and you have to snack. Uh-huh. And <laughs> so if you reference several episodes back, we have some conditioning tips for Brimfield. Same yes. would apply. Same definitely would, would apply. Except if it's it's covered so you don't have to, like, bring the sunblock and all that kind of stuff. Oh, good. Because that's a terrible time. 
So this, so the brass armadillo uh, initially started in 1992, um, but when the two met each other when they were working at the Food for Less grocery franchise that they developed in Idaho, Iowa, <laughs> that happens all the time. In 1985, he sold the operation to Holiday Corporation of Minneapolis. In 1992, Gatula and Brittle founded the Brass Armadillo Antique Malls, and they opened their first mall in a 20,000-square-foot building in Des Moines. The second Brass Armadillo space was in um, Ankeny, which is also in Iowa. The Omaha store is the prototype for each Brass Armadillo location which followed, all of which are located along that interstate highway, allowing ease of visibility and vehicle access. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just hyped that there's like, so there's... You know, there's a lot of them, but it, there's also not a lot. Also, do you think that's like the future of antique stores? I don't know. I wonder if that's just how it is outside of Idaho. Oh, true story. That makes sense. Because, I mean, to fill a building like that with so many, like, mm-hmm. how do you find that many people? Right. Well, yeah, we, where we live, I mean, there's a couple of large, there's two big ones. There's the Trackside Mall and North Highway Antiques. Yeah. Those are the largest ones in our area. In our area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but then like in California and all that, you have all those flea markets and swap meets and, and, and swap meets and all that. And Idaho, I feel like we're missing out. Mm-hmm. Let's get some better antiques. Okay. Can we like get a petition to get a brass armadillo here? Please. I want, <laughs> Could you? I would literally make it at nap time. Just throw my kid in the stroller. Yeah. <laughs> Get lost. I feel like you would really, it would, I would probably, I would have to have like headphones in playing some like rain noises because I think I would get really overwhelmed. Oh gosh. I think I would be so overwhelmed and I would have so much stuff in my hands mm-hmm. and I would try to be buying everything and then I'd just be like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see myself just being like, and then I have this thing where, um, I'm like looking, you know, you're looking in cases at an antique store, right? And you're just like, there's a lot happening. I'm and now my brain's only looking for the stuff I really recognize. And like, I don't know, individual pieces. It's already stressing me out. I'm not. I know. I'm just like, oh, gosh. But if you're close to one, go to one and report back to us. Tell us what it's like. Send pictures. I need to. I need to see pictures, please. Literally, I need spatial rec. I need like bring a banana or somebody. With you to be like, this is this. This is seven bananas tall. <laughs> I hope it's bigger than seven bananas. That's, yeah. That's the only universal measurement that I trust. Their standard size all the time. A banana. Okay. Oh, hell. <laughs> I'm going to start just listening to these. Four bananas long. End to end. That was all we had today for uh, Miss Chantel's Curio Corner. Um, of course, run over to our Instagram, the Mothball Prophecies original to see everything we talked about today. And please go check out her Instagram. She sells some awesome stuff and she has a really great booth. And the mixture between her and her partner's stuff is just chef's kiss. I know every time we interview somebody who does the selling and then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm, I will. And then I'm like, fuck, now I have to buy it all. Mm-hmm. That's how I can't make it. So tonight, so we're, we're recording this on a Thursday morning and there is an epic estate sale happening. Oh, geez. This week. And it is, it's not a large house, but it, uh, I was looking through it with showing Melissa when I was doing her hair the other day and we we're looking through it and she goes, oh, this looks like it could be my estate sale. <laughs> 
And I said, same. I was looking through this going, this is my future. <laughs> I'm looking through this and then somebody else is going to be looking at my state cell picture going, oh my God, can you believe all this great stuff? I know. Well, so my husband, because my husband and I saw it too. And I said, there's an estate sale going on. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but we're leaving for Boise. I said, yeah, but I mean, it's like on the way. Yeah. Also, you're not leaving until tomorrow. Yeah. But I have to work tonight. Oh, so. right. Yep. I yeah. Go that whole working thing. That thing? I got to do that. It is on your money. way. It is on my way. So I may have to stop. I mean, that's why we're going to Boise. We're going to thrift and all that. So I might oh, as well excited. start it off. <laughs> I'm excited to see what you find. Yeah. Start off with a bang on a high. Yeah. 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 So I think that's the best. The best. <laughs> to see, we share a lot of our behind the scenes picking stuff with our Patreon followers and our close friends on Instagram. That's where we kind of share when we're out picking or different stuff in our house things like that. Also, everything that we sell out of our collections gets listed there first before it goes to the public. Sometimes it doesn't make it past the group. So if you want to see all the great stuff we have going on in the Patreon, we are um, doing, we'll have our, I think it'll be our second batch of custom key fobs will be coming up at the end of this month. We'll have another color for summer. We're very excited for that. Thank you guys so much. We want to take this time to thank our Patreon members. Without them, there's a lot of things we would not be able to do with the show. We are eternally grateful for them. I really love having that connection with everybody in our Patreon. Yes, it's been super fun getting to know everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's increased the web of like, if I see something out and about, I'm like, oh, I know for sure this person will like this. Or, oh, I know for sure this person will like this. It's been... I've been doing that like when I'm on uh, Facebook and I, or Instagram looking at sales and stuff, I'll tag somebody and be like, hey. <laughs> I did that the other day. I sent, um, so Kelsey was having a story sale and I, she's had a Texas coffee cup with a yellow rose. Oh, and yeah. And I instantly sent it to Beth and then Beth bought it and it, and it was just like, look at this matchmaking, vintage matchmaking. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> it's very fun. Um, also, we have new stickers available that we're going to be sending out. We finally have a catchphrase sticker. Yeah. They say check under the tables. They look like a really great old soap label. I love them. They're, They're so, so cute. cute. We have those that are going to be coming out shortly. But right now, we want to thank our patrons. We want to thank Emily in Nevada. Aaron in Wisconsin. RJ in Florida. Crystal in Nevada. Gina in South Carolina. Julia in Sweden. Jasmine in Kentucky. Kyla in Indiana. Shanna. Mandy. And Riley in California. Aaron. TC Lionel. Melissa. Christina. Erica. Becky. And Ashley in Idaho. As always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Follow along with us on social media. It also really helps if you share us with your friends and family. Get us out there in the vintage community. We want to take this time to also thank Gray, our beloved editor. He edits out all of our nonsense and also keeps some of it in. Makes us sound great every (laughs) week. And spell check for making us look so intelligently beautiful on paper. She does. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I hope you find some good shit. And I really hope you remember to look under the tables. That's right. Bye. See ya.